Thanks, Doug. All right, Ron. I don't, so, I don't remember you being this tall. <laughs> I wore my, I wore my uh, kiss yeah. pumps. Elevator yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. All right. How long have we known you, each other? 30 years? 30, probably. Wow. Yeah. That's what old men say when they get together. Yeah, right. We've known each other 30 years, you know. So, hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, I've had a fun weekend in Connecticut. <clears throat> um, as I told uh, the crowd on Friday night, Connecticut was my first place of ministry. Um, I left seminary and I was in Stratford, Connecticut for three years, and that's where my first daughter was born, and uh, a lot of great memories, and uh, so it's always always good to come back. Um, I, I want to talk to you <clears throat> about God taking us to a new level. You see the title, it's uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit through scriptures. Let me tell you a story that will set this up. When I was pastoring in California, we noticed in our church that we had a lot of young men that uh, were, you know, 12, 13, 14 years of age, and they did not have um, good father figures. And, um, and so the men in the church, we had a really good men's ministry, sounds like you guys do t- here. Uh, of course, Promise Keepers was kind of in its heyday uh, back then. And they decided that they were going to come up with a um, discipleship program for young men. And so uh, they developed some materials, and they assigned every man in the church uh, to either his son, or if a young man did not have a father, uh, we had a man in the church kind of adopt that young man for about a 12-week period. And we did discipleship, we did some fun stuff with the young guys, and we culminated that uh, period, that season, with a men's retreat. And... uh, we actually called the retreat Boys to Men. We spelled it B-O-Y-Z to men. We stole it from some singing group, I think. And uh, we went off, you know, in Northern California. Uh, we shot, shot guns and we did man stuff, you know. Uh, we did seminars on, you know, how to be a, a man of integrity, how to be a man of purity, how to be a man of honor. Um, it was a really great weekend. And we closed that weekend with um, a service on a Saturday night where uh, the, the men in the church lined up. They formed this hall, okay, like a tunnel, and facing each other. And then the young man uh, would stand at one end, and then his father would stand at the other end of that tunnel. And the father would say, Bryce Walborn, you are my son. With you I'm well pleased. Upon you my favor rests. Come forth into your destiny as a man of God. And so those young men that had been discipled and mentored for about 12 weeks would walk down that hall of men, and the men of the church would lay hands on them and pray over them and prophesy over them. And I mean, it was a powerful night. And, uh, you know, I mean, it it was very moving. But then uh, near the end, there was a man in our church. He was one of our elders. His name was John Barker. John Barker was probably 80 years of age at the time. And John Barker was a man's man. He had stormed the beaches of Iwo Jima. He was a Marine in World War II, and uh, everyone respected him. And he came up to me, and he said, Ron, I want to walk down that hall. Would you call my name and let me walk to a new level of manhood? And I said, John, you're, you're a man's man. Everybody loves you. Everybody respects you. And he says, no, God has more for me. I'm not done yet. I want more. Uh, I don't believe at 80 I'm finished. I think God has a a new level for me to live at. And so John Barker stood and I said, John Barker, you are God's beloved son. On you, his favor rests. Come forth into your destiny as a man of God. 
and he walked down that hall and had guys pray over him. Well, that, that, that just ruined everything because every guy in the church then wanted to walk through, and we didn't get out of there until midnight. You know, it didn't ruin anything. It was amazing. But I was so inspired by that for this reason. I think sometimes we as Christians get stuck in a rut, and we get satisfied, and we think, ah, you know, I've had this encounter with God, and, and that was good, and that's enough, and but I have to tell you something, I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit has something new and fresh for you, for me, right now, today. And, um, and, and, and I want to believe that because I see it in the Scripture. And I want to talk today about the filling of the Holy Spirit through the Scripture. And, and I want to start, and you can follow along in your Bible if you want to, uh, I want to start with Numbers chapter 11, a passage that... Doug stole from me yesterday and preached on, and uh, I, I cut him off a little short so I'd have something left to say this morning. But I want to start with Numbers 11, because there's a prayer that Moses prays that kind of sets this up. You see, I believe the Holy Spirit, throughout the Scripture, comes upon people, fills people to take them to a new level of life in God. And, and this begins in Numbers chapter 11, beginning with verse 10, it says this, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. Uh, this is when they're in the wilderness, they'd been led out from Egypt, and, uh, and they're complaining because they don't have enough food. And the Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? So here's a leader and he's complaining, you know. And, and, you know, I know your pastor never complains like this, but a lot of leaders just feel the burden of people and it gets tiresome. And so Moses begins to complain and he says, did I conceive all these people? I love this. Moses in a prayer gets sarcastic with God. Okay. This is comforting to me because we can be honest with God. He goes on and he says, did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing and whining to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. That's a great prayer, you know? And the truth is, if you've ever been in leadership for longer than 10 minutes, you've probably prayed a prayer like that, okay? God, if you really love me, just strike me dead right now, okay? If I found favor in, my, in your eyes, don't let me face my own ruin. And the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people and have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them, and they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Lesson number one in terms of the filling of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is given to help you carry the burden of the people. The Spirit of God is upon Moses and upon these other leaders so that he can share the burden of leadership. Because we're not meant to do it alone. We can't do it alone. You see, I I can speak for your pastor and tell you, I want a church full of people like John Barker saying, Jesus, I know you have more for me. And I want more of your spirit. And I want to go to a new level. And and I want to help the leaders of this church carry the burden of the people, the burden of Manchester, 
Because the reality is this is not just a church for this group of people. This is a church for this whole region. And God has a call for us to do it. And so Moses went out. He told the people what the Lord had said, and he brought together 70 of their elders, and they had to stand around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with them, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him, and he put it on the 70 elders. And when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. Now, pause there for a minute. Let me give you a little seminary note here. If you have your NIV Bibles, there's a text note, and I I think the translation here is a poor one. Because the text note says that they prophesied and continued to do so is one of the alternate readings. And based on what happens next, I think that's the better translation. And so they prophesied when the Spirit of God came upon them, there was evidence that something had happened. However, there were two men whose names were Eldad and Medad. Those are no longer popular names, you know what I mean? But I, I think they ought to be considered. Eldad and Medad, sounds like kind of a Mexican family, you know, Eldad, anyhow, had remained in the camp. These, these two guys missed the meeting, the most important meeting of their lives, and they missed it, okay? They remained in the camp. They did not go out to the tent, yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. And, and I would say that they continued to prophesy because a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. Now here, here's Joshua with the spirit of a pastor trying to control things a little bit. Uh, not your pastor, but some pastors. Uh, because it's getting out of control. And he's getting a little nervous. And here's where Moses prays a prayer. And I, and I really believe it's a prayer, it's a prophetic prayer, because Moses replies, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. And then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Folks, I want you to hear that this is back in Numbers chapter 11, and Moses is praying He is crying out. He's saying, here's my desire. Here is my prayer. I am not jealous. I don't want to keep the Holy Spirit and and hoard him just for myself. I'm praying that we would see a day when it wouldn't just be me, it wouldn't just be 70, but all of God's people would have the Spirit poured out upon them and that all of God's people would prophesy. Now Moses' prayer then becomes Joel's prophecy in the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2. And Joel picks up on this. And he says, afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, folks, I want you to catch this for a minute. Because throughout most of the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came upon old men. That was it. Male leaders. And, And now Joel is saying, no, there's coming a day when this outpouring of the spirit is not just going to be for men. It's not just going to be for the old guys. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, yeah, they'll still dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Folks, this is a radical prophecy. This is radical because now suddenly he is challenging the order of the way things had always been where it's just male leadership and he goes, no way, your youth group's going to get filled with the Spirit. No way. The women, they're not going to be excluded. 
They're not going to be degraded. They're going to be lifted up by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do this thing together. Now, he prophesies this. And then Jesus comes along and Jesus promises that what Moses had prayed for and what Joel had prophesied was going to come. Jesus said, I will ask the Father. He'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. One other place he said to the disciples. This is after his resurrection. After he'd been crucified and raised from the dead. And it's one of the post-resurrection appearances. And I, I think this passage in John Uh, 20 is a parallel passage to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. He said to the disciples, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Folks, I believe this is now the initiation of the church age. This is the moment when the Spirit gives new life, regeneration. We talked about this yesterday. And then he says in John 20, 20, 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so the disciples are beginning to taste this gift of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? There's more. I want you to hear this. They had this encounter. Jesus breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. But, but Jesus did not want them to be content with just that one-time experience. In Acts chapter 1, he said, now guys, I know you're excited about what happened in John chapter 20, but I got more for you. In fact, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you for greater power. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now the Spirit here is shifting a little bit. Now the Spirit is not just given to help you carry the burden of the people, Now the Spirit is being poured out to help you carry the mission of God. Folks, hear me. Right now, one of the things we're praying for your church, that the Spirit of God would be poured out in a fresh way on sons and daughters, on on young and old, on men and women, not just so you could carry the burden of the ministry here, but so the mission of God could be carried on effectively throughout Manchester and beyond. And so the promise of the Spirit comes, and in Acts Chapter 2, here's what we read. You know this passage. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then notice what Peter says about this. Peter stood up. With the eleven, and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd and he said, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, now I have an idea. I mentioned this, I was in Omaha two weeks ago, and I have an idea for a shirt, a t shirt. And I, I think you can make a lot of money on it if somebody takes this idea. I think you should have a shirt that says, it's 9 o'clock somewhere, Acts 2.15. Now, 
it's kind of an odd, unique shirt because you got to have your foot in both worlds. You got to understand, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, the drinking song, but you also have to understand the Holy Spirit being poured out. But isn't that a great shirt? It's nine o'clock somewhere. You know what? These men are not drunk, as you suppose. But this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So Moses' prayer becomes Joel's prophecy, becomes Jesus' promise, becomes Acts Pentecost. And I want you to notice something here. The apostles did not hoard the gift of the Holy Spirit and say, ooh, this is ours, this makes us special. No, what they received, they freely gave away. See, one of the errors that we make in leadership is we think that our anointing is our anointing. It's not your anointing, it's for everyone. And and God's called us to give it away. And so Peter says, repent, be baptized, every one of you. This isn't just for us. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, even a church in Manchester, Connecticut in 2016. This promise, filling, baptism, anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's for today. It's for you. It's for me. And so our power has become this. The disciples did not hoard this gift like they were the only special people to get it. They freely gave and imparted this gift of the Holy Spirit to all who believe. One last passage. In Acts chapter 8, we read this, and I I want you to catch this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want you to see this. These are Christians. These are disciples. These are people that had had an encounter with the presence of Jesus. They had experienced new life in Christ. But the disciples say... There's more for them. We don't want them to think that just getting saved, just starting to be part of the body of Christ, that that's all there is. And so they send Peter and John to them because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, here's what I want to challenge you to. This morning, this Sunday, I believe the same spirit that filled these disciples in Acts chapter 8 wants to fill you, wants to fill me in a fresh way. And and listen, I know many of you have come into faith in Christ. Some of you may have just prayed that prayer today. But I want you to know, as good as that is, it's only the doorway in. God has more for you. And And I believe there's something about a person saying, Jesus, I don't want to be content just living in my status quo existence. I want more, God. I want to be filled with your spirit. Uh, Like John Barker, that guy at the beginning, I I know God has more for me. Man, I want to be 80 years old going, God has more for me. I want to be 54 and say, God has more for me. So this morning, I I, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer. And I'm, I'm going to put this prayer up on the screen. And uh, in a minute, I'm going to have us all stand. And and we're going to to pray this prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to fill us, to come upon us. Let me share one last story, and then we'll pray this prayer. Uh, I I told the group yesterday, so some of you have heard this, that 
when I was pastoring in Connecticut, I began to hunger for more of God. I began to say, God, there's got to be more. Uh, I, I, was, I was tired in ministry. I was feeling worn out. Um, God was doing some wonderful things in our church in Stratford, but, but I knew there had to be more. And in February of 1987, my elders sent me to a conference. And at this conference, I, I was so desperate for more. And I, I went forward every night to be prayed for at this conference. And, and there was a guy, and, and some of you have heard this again, but there was a guy named Joe that was on the ministry team of this church. And, and he would come up to me every night. And he would say, son, are you ready to be filled with the love of the Father? And I would say, yes. I came all the way from Connecticut to California. I'm ready. I want more. And he would look at me and go, ah, you're not ready yet. And he would walk away. He wouldn't pray for me. He, he was the rudest ministry team mentor, member I've ever met, okay? I probably would have thrown him out of my church, okay? But he was seeing something. He was seeing that God was preparing my heart. He was doing something in me. So that happened Monday night. Tuesday night, same thing. Are you ready to be filled with the love of the Father? Yes, I'm ready. No, nope, you're not ready. And he'd walk away. And uh, finally, on Friday night, I went forward. It was the last night of the conference, and I was, I was desperate. I, I was flying back to Connecticut the next day, and I said, God, please, I, I need more of you. I, I need a touch from you. And so I went to the front when they gave the invitation, and I was praying, please, Lord, send anybody to pray for me except this guy, Joe. <laughs> sure enough. And I tried to hide so he wouldn't find me, you know. And sure enough, the guy comes up to me, and he looks me in the eyes, and he says, are you ready to be filled with the love of the Father? And as I prepared to say yes, my voice broke and I started to weep. And I couldn't even get the word out. And he said, ah, son, you're ready. And he put his arms around me and he began to pray for me. And it was like the top of my head got pulled off and the love of God just started pouring in. Now I'm sharing my experience with you and I want you to know something. When, when the Holy Spirit pours is poured out on people, everyone's experience with him always looks different. And so when I share my experience, I'm describing, I'm not prescribing. Because some people experience the, this Holy Spirit's presence in very different ways, and that's okay. The only thing you need to do is say, Lord, prepare my heart and fill me with your presence. So this morning, let's do that. Would you stand with me? And we're going to pray this prayer together. This is our prayer this morning. Now, before we start, let me just invite the Spirit to come and anoint our, our words. Lord, we don't want just mere ritual. We don't want to repeat words on a screen that don't come from our heart. So even now, Lord, would you prepare our hearts for what your Spirit wants to do in us this morning? And Lord... This weekend we've been talking about the removing of blockages, of, of things that are, are, are being made ready within us for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I believe you've been preparing people in this church for this moment right now. And so come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill this place. And as we, your people, pray this, we do so based on the Word of God that started with Moses' prayer, went to Joel's prophecy, went to Jesus' promise, to Acts Pentecost, and it became our power. And so, based on your word, we pray this to you. Let's pray this together. Dear Father in heaven, 
I thank you today for the gift of your son. I thank you for saving me from my sins by washing of his precious blood. I thank you for making me your child and giving me your Holy Spirit to live and dwell inside me. Today, I see that you have promised another gift that you desire for me to have, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, I desire this gift. You said in your word that if I asked you for bread, you would not give me a stone. So how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask you? So right now, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to baptize me in your Holy Spirit, filling me to overflowing, just as you did on the day of Pentecost. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I believe that I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and right now, by faith, I choose to praise you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask if the worship team would come. Father, we seal the work that your Spirit is doing right now. Right now, Spirit of God, would you just begin to overflow into people, washing them. Right now, I believe he's setting some of you free from some sin that you've been struggling with for a long time. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that the Spirit of God is more powerful than any sin that has you trapped. And so, Father, we break the power of addictions in Jesus' name. As the Spirit of God comes, would you set people free from things that have held them back? Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, your Spirit is being poured out to help carry the burden of this ministry, but also to help carry the mission of God to the people of God in this region. And so I pray for an anointing. I pray for a corporate baptism on this church, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill this place. And we believe for a new level. That the best is not in the past. The best is yet to come. And so while we are excited about what you've done in the past. And we're thankful for our heritage. And we're thankful for our history. We now declare that the future of this church is brighter than the past. And we call forth the destiny and the power of the living God. To be released in new and fresh ways. Father I pray for Pastor Doug and Karis that you would anoint them in a fresh way to lead. I pray for the elders and the leadership team and everyone in this church. Come, Holy Spirit, ignite within them a new and a fresh sense of your presence and your power and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.